it doesn't matter for us if you're buying our product. We don't actually care. That has no impact on you making repeat purchases. It only matters if you're playing our game. We know we're going to serve you this amazing immersive experience. And we know that customers are going to want more of it. And so it's our job as a company to get you to move past the buying stage and to give you that aha moment with our product to turn you into like an advocate for our product and to get you really excited about it. Welcome to Retention Talk. I'm Neil Desai and we're talking to the best minds in the world of product and customer success to bring you actionable strategies on reducing churn and boosting retention. This week, we're talking to Mary Callahan, who is the retention marketing manager at Hunt a Killer. Today, we talk about how Hunt a Killer uses ongoing surveys to learn from their customers, how they use NPS to directly influence the product roadmap, and pay close attention to what Mary has to say about focusing on the onboarding and customer experience above everything else and how that's the key to hacking retention. Let's dive in. Thanks for being here, Mary. We're obviously big fans of Hunt Killer. We've been working with you guys for a while now. Real quick, give the audience a rundown of uh, who you are, what you do, and, and how'd you end up at Hunt Killer? My name is Mary Callahan. I am the retention marketing manager at Hunt Killer. And for context, Hunt Killer, we think of ourselves as an immersive theme company. So not just a subscription, but our core product is a subscription episodic murder mystery box. So customers sign up and they receive monthly boxes of a murder mystery in six parts. In the last year or so, we've really expanded our product offerings to offer more than just this subscription product and to offer multiple episodes in one night or single box premium experiences and now a retail box that you can find at Target or Amazon. My role in all of this is to ask a lot of questions and to solve customer pain points and reduce friction. So I'm looking at churn, I'm looking at our drop-off points, how long we're retaining customers and how we can keep them on for longer. A lot of things that break down here. First, your product is super cool. I mean, like I, I, I don't know of too many murder mysteries that operate at this scale you guys do. And, and it's awesome to see how you guys are continuing to ride the wave of obviously the initial six like episodes, but there's there, people want more, right? Clearly your customers want more. I guess like, I'm super curious, how'd you end up in retention or customer success? Because I think you and I understand like just how important it is to grow a subscription business, but how'd you end up here? My career, my background is in email marketing. I came from a B2B company. So I was doing legal tech. What I was tasked with doing was a lot of support activities for our customers, finding value, making sure that we were proving that value over and over and over again, and communicating it to our customers to make sure they weren't canceling their contracts or we were finding ways to convince them to upsell and to expand their, you know, their spend with us. So coming to Hunt Killer, I was brought over as the email marketing manager. Is my first job in the B2C space. And actually, this is direct to consumer. So we don't really go through anyone. We're just talking to our customers directly. And I was tasked with optimizing our welcome series, making sure that when you sign up for our email list, you can identify with a use case and you can identify with a way to play and just understand what we were offering you. And then working on our onboarding series for customers. So once you sign up, how do you start playing? What tools do you need? How do you organize? How do you get excited and join our community? 
and really start connecting with people. In all of these roles, I've just gravitated towards these retention issues and asking a lot of questions. The gifting program that I was mentioning earlier, I just asked questions about that. And we I noticed that it was coming up a lot in our cancellation survey. And people were just saying, you know, I really didn't like this gifting experience. I didn't like that I had to add my own credit card information when I signed up. I didn't like that I only got for free in my gift one-sixth of a story, and I didn't want to pay for anything. And so I started asking a lot of questions about that. And at the time that this was happening, we just happened to have an open role that we were looking to fill, and I'm a fit for it. Uh, it was kind of decided that, like, I was asking the most questions about it. I might as well slide into this role. My background in email set me up to understand the data, understand how to pull the levers, and has given me kind of the framework for this landscape of over-communicating our value to customers. That's awesome. It's funny, one of the first things you said is like, ask questions, right? And I think for both B2B and D2C, and in some ways like access to customers might be a little easier in one or the other, depending on the product, What's your approach and, and like, how do you ultimately get insight from customers? Is it just starting with the ones that cancel? Is it, is it something else? Like, how do you ultimately get insight from customers to the point where you can then make decisions off of it? Yeah, this is something that we're actually overhauling right now. And so I'm kind of deep in the weeds on this. We survey people, but I don't think we were doing a good job of doing it frequently and strategically. So we would survey people at point of cancel. We would survey people throughout the year through campaigns, just through things that we're trying to understand. And then as part of your onboarding experience with us, we would kind of check in with you and say, what do you think about Hunt Killer? What kind of, you know, how are we serving you? What we did starting in January of this year, we sent a massive survey to understand customer experiences by cohort. So whether or not you bought with us and then what kind of product you bought, if you canceled, and then breaking up those four groups, which would be potential customers, current customers, current customers who don't buy our subscription, but who buy other products, and then canceled customers, and then asking them specific questions about that experience. So why haven't you bought? What are your objections? What's your feedback? Would you buy this again? And that was a massive campaign that we've done that has given us so much insight. And then on top of that, rather than the one NPS survey that we were running, each of our products now has its own NPS survey from which we're gathering data. So new effort, and it's really, really informative. We're getting so much information about these products that people are buying in like huge quantities. Some of our products just like fly off the shelves, like we can't keep them in stock. But we're learning that some of these products might not actually be a good experience for customers, and we might actually be harming ourselves by, by selling them. Some of our products, even though we're selling a lot of them, it's going to reduce the LTV long term because if that's your first experience with us and we haven't positioned it well to you and we haven't communicated what that experience is like, you're in for a hell of a ride. <laughs> yeah. That's super valuable, right? Your sales and marketing, I've gotten, I've seen your ads. Your sales and marketing team are stellar, right? Are crushing it. And I think you are enticed to, to test out the product. But I think to your point, right? If the positioning is off or it's not a good fit, then the renewals are going to be a problem, right? So like, what's one thing you learned from that cohort of users that may have bought once but didn't renew that led you guys to change something? One of the things that was a really interesting learning for us this year is that with our subscription product, our current season, Curtain Call, the first 
box has one objective in it that doesn't take a lot of time to solve, but there's all of these other like elements of the box that we want you to solve, we just don't tell you to solve. We ask you to find the murder weapon and identify that with the evidence you're provided, and that takes you 10 minutes. However, in that box, you should also be setting up your timelines, organizing all this other evidence, diving deep into character profiles and understanding who the suspects are, right? Well, if we don't tell you to do all of the other things, then you're going to feel like that was a really low value experience that lacked depth. And so that's one thing that we are improving. We're not going to change that box. That box is great on its own. But we will tell you, besides solving the murder weapon, here's all these other support activities that's going to make the rest of the game much more enjoyable for you. So you're going you're gonna to get a lot out of it. And we find that customers who spend between 30 minutes and 90 minutes on their first box are the ones who find that this is the best experience, that they're getting the most out of it. That's interesting. So I bet it's probably like you didn't need to change the product at all. It's just the instructions or the framing of the initial challenge that probably got the customer to see how much more value there was in the first box, right? Yeah, exactly. I guess the other thing that I'm curious about, and you, you, you mentioned earlier, was how you have these periodic surveys that go up, but now you also have NPS broken down by product. Tell me more about that. How does that work? How do they differ between product lines? And, and ultimately, what are you trying to learn from, from doing those NPS surveys? The surveys themselves are pretty uniform. The only thing that is different is if you get a subscription NPS survey, we're going to ask you, how does it compare to the last season that you played? So if you started on Curtain Call and now you're on the next season, which is Starstruck, how do you compare Starstruck to the previous experience that you had? Otherwise, we're asking you, is this the first experience that you've had with Hunt Killer? How are you rating it? And based on this experience in particular, would you buy again? So those are like the quantitative pieces of information that we're getting. And qualitatively, we're asking people just for their feedback. And I'll tell you, like breaking it down by product level has been so informative for us. It's very instructive. We're looking at retiring some products at this point because we're learning that some of our NPS data is coming in and some products, like there's nothing that we could do to change it for today's customer because we've just grown so much. So the products that we're finding customers aren't really responding to are the products that we launched in 2017, 2018, when we were a much smaller company and when we were more niche. And when your audience is smaller, you're creating products for that weird, like niche group of like true crime and murder mystery hobbyists, you know. And now, because you can find Hunter Killer on the shelves of Target or Amazon, we just have a much wider audience to please. And when you have this great experience, that product has an NPS of about 50, and then they're going onto your site and they're just finding something that interests them. And it turns out to be one of our lower NPS games. How do we know they want to take another risk on the next product? It wasn't a good experience. It wasn't similar to the bar that was set by the first experience they had with us. That's an interesting challenge because I think on one hand, you want to grow, right? And and you want as many folks as possible to, to, to experience Hunter Killer. But at the same time, your personas evolve. The buyer you described three, four years ago, the hobbyist is almost certainly now a subset of, of everyone that's buying Hunter Killer. So 
that's that's super cool. How like what does the follow up process look like if if anything at all? If I give you a a low score on the MPS survey, what happens? Nothing really. I can tell you that I'm reading every single response at this point, and it's a lot to keep up with. But it's important to us. One of our new products launched, and we were getting some weird feedback in it about potentially like an issue with the way the game was kit. So the way that we were layering pieces into this box. The answer was being kind of given away earlier on than we wanted you to see it. And if we just reorganize the evidence so it's at the bottom of the box, it wouldn't have been given away. In that case, I reached out to some of the customers who had that experience and asked them to expand on that. We're a small enough company at this point where I can look at customer feedback and interact with them directly. Like it's really, really important to us to serve a good experience. And so it's worth our time to communicate with customers. No, absolutely. I guess like on a tactical level, so it sounds like you're reading almost every response, if not all of them. It's certainly impacting the product roadmap and the way you guys not only build new products, but but adjust the current ones. On a tactical level, how does this work? Like, are you going to the product team on a, on a somewhat regular basis and saying, hey, here's what we're seeing? Is it frequent, infrequent? Like, how, how do you ultimately convert these insights into action, uh, you know, with all the other stakeholders in, in, internally? We're in the process right now of building out our 2021 roadmap. We're late to the game, but I haven't been in this role for, you know, six months even. This transition from email has been, you know, recent for me. And also all of the insights that we're getting at this point are new. So we're getting these insights from the survey and we're, we're running all these new survey programs through February. So we've gone through... We're taking the results from our cancellation data, our cancellation survey data. We're taking results from our NPS data and this other survey campaign that I was explaining. And that is how we are layering out quick wins and long-term wins for us for our retention program. So our quick wins, our top three are going to be things like including recaps in our boxes. That's a product initiative. We found that 47% of our current customers can't remember what happened in the last month's episode. So it's an easy thing for us to say, okay, here's what's happening, like start the story, you know, drop them in, build that immersive and like world building experience for them. We also know that customers want more of the bonus content that we're serving them. So a really cool thing about our game is that we send you emails from characters in the game or from like institutions like the theater or the sheriff's office in the game throughout the month of your subscription. We create podcasts that like you would hear that help layer in and like get you excited about the story. But we know that not all of our customers know about this, but there's a huge correlation to your interaction with this uh, content and your retention with our product. So making sure that we're communicating this earlier, more often, and just more effectively. And then, you know, improving our onboarding experience and making sure, you know, all of these things that we provide that you understand really early, that you understand as a customer how to use your account, that you understand how to get the most out of your subscription. So we're, we're looking at this as easy things that we can do right now that cross-functionally our entire team is going to work on. So our product team will be working on this, our marketing team. And we're going to have tech requirements that we need to get them to build out. Our operations team needs to be able to make adjustments based on this in the warehouse and 
our customer service team, we work with them to get some of these insights as well. I'm always astounded by, I, you know, I think my life is hard in software development, but with e-commerce, you have so much more about the supply chain, the time to make these changes and ultimately get all the stakeholders aligned, right? I, I can't imagine it's easy, but I love, I love how you describe like, look, there's a bunch of low hanging fruit and quick wins that we can knock out of the way. Like, Hey, let's just add a recap. And that's going to massively influence the way in which folks perceive each episode. And then obviously there's, there's longer term efforts as well, but that's, that's awesome. I guess like, as we sort of think about like all the things you mentioned, what are sort of like the, the key metrics or sub metrics that, that the team tracks, right? Obviously on a high level, like net retention is, is the North star for, for you and the team. Are there more granular things that the team monitors on an ongoing basis um, and if so, like, what does that look like? Yeah, so our North Star metric as a company is looking at episodes completed. So it doesn't matter for us if you're buying our product. We don't actually care. That has no impact on you making repeat purchases. It only matters if you're playing our game. We know we're going to serve you this amazing immersive experience. And we know that customers are going to want more of it. And so it's our job as a company to get you to move past the buying stage and to give you that aha moment with our product to turn you into like an advocate for our product and to get you really excited about it. So uh, yeah, as a, as a company, we're looking at how many people are completing episodes. One of the initiatives in that is how do we bring customers along who fall behind, right? If you if you've paid for four episodes, but you've played one, that's a problem. And we need, we need to start nudging you along and bringing you along in this experience to make sure that you are getting everything that you're paying for and you're getting the most out of that. So we look at episodes completed. You know, we're, we're in the process of really building out the other kinds of things that we want to measure. Another interesting one that for us is a subscription company and as a subscription episodic like mystery company is important is how many people are rushing their next box. So when you sign up, you're on a monthly schedule, but we have the functionality where you as a customer can say, send me my next box ASAP. I want it right now. I loved that experience so much. And so that is one that we look at closely. And if we know that that ratio of customers who are expediting is you know, 1.2, 1.4, as it grows, we know that we're creating this like addictive experience that people are really enjoying. I love the way you describe it because ultimately it's like you need to make sure customers are getting value. And if they get value, then they'll renew, right? And in best case is they renew earlier or the expert at the next box. So it, it's awesome that like everything ties back to are they enjoying the experience? Because if we, you believe in the product to the extent that if they enjoy the experience, they're, they're almost certainly going to renew those. So that's, that's awesome. We put a lot behind our products and we put a lot of a lot of effort into making sure that people are served. If you look at our Facebook community, you know, we've got almost 150,000 members in that. And it's like the secret official group. But that, that, that community is like monitored day and night by our, man, by our community manager, Joe. Like people know her name because she is so responsive to people asking questions in there. And I think at every place I've worked, I think Huntikiller puts the most behind its product. And like, we really, we really care. Uh, last year, our CEO popped in the group and he said like, hey, I'm the CEO of Huntikiller. I'd love to talk to customers. And he had over a hundred phone calls with our customers in that group. Oh, wow. Like he'd spent a lot of time 
making sure that people felt heard. I love it. I think the the obsession on your team to like understand the customers, I think translates to just like the loyalty and and I think the just how just how much customers love your product. Like it's it's evident from the not only the numbers you're describing, but I think seeing the testimonials and like activity on social that the buyers like really, really do love your product. So I think that that's ultimately like the recipe for success. If there's one thing I can say too, we have learned this year that it might not serve us or our customers to force them into subscriptions. Even though this subscription product is our core product, we're learning that it might not serve our company the best to offer this. And it might not serve our customers the best to force them into that. So we're really leaning into the learnings that we're getting from this. If customers don't want a subscription, let's offer more other types of products. We listen to that and we are responding to that. That's awesome. Just to wrap, Mary, I, let's say someone out there starting a D2C subscription e-commerce brand, they're three, four years behind you guys. What's one piece of wisdom you wish you knew that uh, would help them out? I'm biased. If you are just starting out a D2C e-commerce business, invest in talented email marketing. You are going to have to lean into your email marketing program so hard. And it's important that you have your strategy and your communication outlined. Value proposition upfront, always return to the value that you're offering people, always return to what they want and not what you think they want. Awesome. And uh, last thing, how do people find Hunt to Killer if they're interested in learning more about murder mysteries or otherwise? Hunttokiller.com. You can look for us on there or you can go on Amazon and or on Target and look for the Death at the Dive Bar box. Uh, or just search for Huntkiller. But start at Huntkiller.com. All of our games are there. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mary. I, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I think this is going to be super useful for, you know, the folks listening to this. And um, yeah, really appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you. It's really nice talking to you. So much in that short conversation. Thank you so much to Mary for dropping all of that knowledge. And I am now personally so curious about how these murder mysteries really end up going. To recap, Hunt the Killer uses ongoing surveys down to the cohort level to really understand the customer journey and dig up various pain points that customers have every step of the way. Second, Hunt the Killer also leverages NPS to directly influence the product roadmap and prioritizes what they can do broken down by small and quick wins all the way to longer term initiatives to really drive customer satisfaction. Lastly, Mary emphasized the importance of onboarding and customer experience. If you build a product that your customers absolutely love, they'll come back. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Retention Talk. Don't forget to subscribe at retentiontalk.com. And if you want to help spread the word, tag me on Twitter, NeilDeside23, and let's dish out today's episode. Please give us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice and let your friends know as well. And always, if you have any questions at all, send an email to neil at profitable.com. This has been a Profitable Recur production, the largest, fastest growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions. 